We're back. Season three of Behind the Membership is finally here. And I have some great membership owners joining me this season to talk all about their membership journeys and the behind the scenes of being a membership site owner. And I'm kicking off season three with seasoned membership owner Mike Collins from Your Irish Heritage. Mike runs his membership site alongside his wife, Karina, and over the five years and thousands of members that they've had, they've crafted an amazing community of people all over the world. One of my favorite things about this membership is the underpinning sense of community in everything that Mike and Karina do and the special touches they have to really make their members feel special. Listen in to hear all about that, as well as how Mike manages to travel around the world creating living history for his members, as well as to hear about some of their challenges along the way, like finding the right team members and attracting members on a consistent basis. Let's get started. Welcome to Behind the Membership with Callie Willows. Real people, real stories, real memberships. Today I'm joined by Mike Collins from Your Irish Heritage, a site dedicated entirely to Irish ancestry. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Mike. No problem, Kelly. Great to be here. I'm actually really looking forward to chatting with you about your membership, The Green Room. So I'd love to kind of dive straight in. Could you start by telling our listeners a little bit about the membership, what exactly it is, who it's for, all those kind of nitty gritty details? Yeah, no problem, Kelly. I, I think, um, you know, in some ways the title kind of tells people what it's about um, because your Irish heritage kind of yeah. says what it's <laughs> not about as much as what it is about. Um, So it's basically targeted at the 80 million people or so of Irish ancestry around the world, who many of whom are already members of places like um, Ancestry.com. So we're based here in Ireland, and we actually help people actually make kind of more real connections with their Irish heritage, Irish roots, and so on. So you could say we're a bit of a genealogy site, we're a bit of a who do you think you are type site, we're a bit of a media site. There's lots of pieces in there, basically. Yeah, and you're you're very much community focused as well, aren't you? So yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's kind of interesting because um, you know the the phrase "the lunatics are taking over the asylum." <laughs> uh, they it kind of uh, kicked in very early on, basically. Where we noticed we had to stand back quite a bit, just let people connect with each other. So uh, the community basically has become probably the biggest part of what we do, actually. And uh, more and more, you know, it's, it's amazing to see the friendships that have built up over the years uh, where people in Australia are visiting people in the US and so on and so forth. I don't think we've had any marriages yet, <laughs> but, you know, as close as it could be. So, yeah, it's absolutely uh, tops in there. Yeah, I love that. And how long have you actually had the membership for now? The membership site was five years old last February. So five years last February, yeah. Awesome. And, and uh, 2019, yeah. Awesome. And so is it your main business? It is. It is, which kind of surprises uh, a lot of people who have no idea what <laughs> what people do. And you know, here's the funny thing, because most people, and I guess it's the same in the UK as well, but you know, most people here in Ireland don't really give a toss about their ancestry mix because mm. they're surrounded by too many cousins already, you know? So, um, you know, th- this idea, most people kind of don't really get what we do around us. And, um, you know, I, sp- I suppose kind of um, that's kind of became very apparent to us that most people are surprised that this is a business. So, you know, when we start talking about what we do and then we start talking about how many people are employed and so on, that surprises a lot of people, basically. So, yeah, it is full time at this stage. It is a full business. And, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of grown, I suppose, that way from about the second year onwards. Awesome. So it kind of took you two years to get to that point where it was kind of the full time 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess, well, very specifically, I'm just trying to remember, 2017, so that would have been three years in, uh, my wife closed down her other business and joined me in this one. So, you know, that kind of just gives you an idea that that was the point where you feel kind of, we're confident enough now that this thing has legs and we're going to do something with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And as somebody who also works with their partner, it definitely adds an additional element, I think, when the two of you are working together, uh, mostly in a good way, mostly in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I say we have a lot to talk about there, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah just, just on that, I mean, the fact is, though, because we do an awful lot of travel as part of our membership side as well, um, I'm not quite sure that would have been possible, basically, if we weren't <laughs> related yeah. in some way. Yeah, so it's actually, we're, I suppose we're using our relationship to our advantage as well. Yeah. Awesome. And I'd actually, um, as you've mentioned that, I'd love to talk about that a little more. So you mentioned you do a lot of travel in relation to the membership. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose basically from the first time we started, we started the membership. And if you kind of think about it, um, you've seen maybe the Who Do You Think You Are type yeah. programs yeah and essentially you know you got those folks kind of going to the places and meeting people and finding out about their past and um, some lucky sods also get to kind of travel to Africa or Italy or the Caribbean just to check the more the yeah. more ancestral side of things so we realized from an early time that if we want to offer people something above and beyond what they get in a place like Ancestry com in terms of records and so on we have to bring the whole thing to life yeah so we started early on to actually literally go knocking on doors driving into farms you know uh taking down bits of and don't tell anybody else this uh, <laughs> bits of let's say 200 year old houses a bit of stone and shipping it back to australia so doing all kinds of kind of weird things like that um and i suppose about two years ago then we figured out you know what we have about four and a half five million people in ireland but there's around about 80 million people of Irish ancestry around the world. So with that, we started to actually travel to the places that folks migrated to as well. So we did a tour of Canada. We did a tour of the Northeast US. We did a tour of Australia last year, um, UK, uh, and so on and so forth. So I suppose kind of the point is that the subject matter is, number one, people want to see the pictures. They want to see moving pictures with people and real life people. They want to hear the accents. So we kind of need to go to all the places where those things happen. I love that though, because it's not something I would think would be something that you were doing as part of, as you say, a genealogy website essentially is, is kind of probably the closest thing. But yeah. as you say, really bringing it to life for members like that is, is awesome. I think that's an incredible kind of experience for people. You know what, Kelly, it is. Um, I suppose kind of, and in fact, our strap line early on was bring your Irish ancestry to life, which was just that. And um, that was kind of the piece, I guess, that people were feeling they were missing, as I said, with joining ancestry and so on. Um, and we noticed more and more that as we traveled around, uh, people kind of really appreciated, I suppose, kind of, what's the word, living the story connecting the dots, connecting the facts and yeah. understanding, well, your folks came from over there. My folks came from across the field. Oh, there's that, there's that market town in the middle and that's where they used to meet. And now we're in there at the moment. And there's one of my kind of fifth cousins kind of talking to Mike on the, and so on and so forth, you know? So, um, it's, it's, it's something that, um, you know, a lot of people kind of don't think about until you actually kind of go out and do, then you realize this stuff is essential 
yeah. actually, I suppose, ancestry and history and so on. If you like, it's probably the way we should have learned history in school, in fact. Yeah. Yeah, definitely makes it a lot more memorable, I think. And so from a practical point of view, then, what's the actual pricing for the membership? Very, very reasonable indeed. Um, I suppose, yeah, we at the moment, it's, uh, we try to get people in at a quarterly rate or an annual rate of 47 a quarter, that's dollars, US dollars, or 147. Uh, we also offer 20 per month if people so want that, but you know, that's kind of a high price just to discourage yeah. some people really or transfer them upwards. And uh, just from time to time, then we offer um, lifetime as well. But uh, we have, can I just say this much? We have an unusual situation when it comes to lifetime because what we do is not really that practical to a lot of people. It's not like a utility they need. Yeah kind of get from A to B or to get kind of a job done. It's um, you know, early on, we, we essentially figured out, we, we published a book, we published a weekly letter and we turned it into a business. But, you know, people just like digesting books and letters and not kind of thinking about, well, how useful is this to me? So what we noticed earlier on was that we actually had to offer people, if you like, um, membership at the green room. But some of them, let's say, bought a lifetime membership and never logged on. And we said, well, what's going on to them? And they said, well, I just want to support you. Hmm. You know, so it, it, we, we are finding more and more as we experiment, we have to offer different people, different levels of, I suppose, supporting us, engaging with us and doing different things. And, um, you know, I suppose at this stage, we have about uh, 2,800 members. Probably that's over the lifetime. So that's currently a core of about 1,800. So, you know, it's it's fairly active. But behind that then, there's about 30,000 people on the list who kind of participate in a lot of other things that are free, if you like. Yeah. You know, they, they don't want to kind of learn about their genealogy necessarily, but some of them do want support as well. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the testament to the kind of the free content you're offering and the service you're offering that people want to do that and support you, even though they may not actually want to be part of the membership itself. So as I said, I think you're in quite a unique situation there and shows you doing some great things, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know what? It's uh, it is a double-edged sword, though, um, because an awful lot of these people are used to getting everything for free as well, and um, sometimes it can become very entitled. Now, I talk about extremes in both situations, uh, so you know it's a constant challenge to us to figure out ways not to run ourselves into the ground, offering lots and lots of free stuff. Yeah. Whilst and realize that we'll only ever convert maybe five or six percent of our kind of list into being uh, members. Well, what are we going to do with the other 95 percent, you know? And uh, we're, we're still trying to get our heads around that five or six years later. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because, as you say, you know, you give away a lot for free, but the membership itself is still really reasonably priced. It's a, it's a very low cost membership, really. Yeah. I mean, we worked our way up there from about $30 per annum, uh, which is just, you know, I suppose, kind of the initial launch price. Um, but I figure around about 147 per annum is about it. If we want to kind of have an all-in inclusive membership, I mean, it's possible we offer more. Um, but, you know, just for example, when we do a Who Do You Think You Are type feature, we do it for one of the members. And that probably costs us time, et cetera, the bones of about two and a half to 3,000. You know, so th- there's, there's, there's a lot of um, production cost. Yeah. I suppose kind of gone into everything as well as kind of just our simple time. And, um, you know, it's very possible that we might want to kind of offer some other level in the future, you know, for people who just really want it. 
Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. And so if it does cost you, you know, it's quite a big outlay for you to do the kind of who do you think you are type features. How do you choose which members you do that for? Yeah, well, in the early days, we actually simply said, we'll apply for it and we'll decide, you know, and so on. And the funny thing was, we found that in about 50% of the cases, um, people, even though you go to the ends of the earth, them literally, they, some of them just weren't that enthused. Um, themselves but other people looking at it were and that's the whole point yeah. you know so it's a bit like kind of do it for one everybody looks so what we decided after a while let's do it to a people we like b people who help other people a lot and c um stuff for which we feel we can get kind of results and that's turned out really well because it's, it's you know, we don't say, you know, as soon as you help loads of people or as soon as you do this, that and the other, we'll do a feature. But, you know, we've just concentrated on that. And that kind of really kind of, I suppose, kind of um, circles everything for us as well. So that's that's how we choose now. We don't tell people how we choose, but that's how we choose. Nice. <laughs> And so going back to the very beginning now, what actually made you choose to start a membership site? Um, you know, don't, wouldn't you love to say it was all the plan and so on? Um, I, if I think all the way back, um, we started writing a letter every Sunday morning and it was just something about kind of surnames. And, you know, it's easy to talk about. Like, so, you know, your surname is Willows. Okay. So if I was to kind of just start a conversation with you now about that surname, you'd probably be very interested, I guess. Uh, or maybe deeply disinterested, <laughs> it depends. But, you know, if I suddenly mention a different one, you'll probably lose interest straight away, you know. So talking about surnames and where they come from and so on, and a wide range of them, every Sunday morning, it became a letter, basically. And it became a habit and it became a book. And what we started to notice was people were really engaging. I mean, we used to send this out and eventually maybe to 1,000 or 2,000 people. But we might spend all of Monday and Tuesday answering people and gathering stories of coming back. So what we started to try to wonder and figure out was, well, how can we kind of get this thing supported in the long term? So we started doing things like selling T-shirts. Um, we started doing some other things which didn't quite work out. And I think it was around about that time Michael Hyatt um, started one of his membership, his first membership thingy. And I remember looking at that thinking, well, that's interesting. And that's kind of well laid out and that looks good. And I remember thinking, well, how do we do that ourselves? And we started basically to launch with 100 members. And what we tried to offer at first, we didn't, I don't, let me just think. No, we didn't have a form at first. That came a little bit later. So we just started to offer kind of training. We started to offer the who do you think you are type features and so on. And um, what we noticed fairly quickly, I suppose the attraction was recurring revenue because it is a business and let's face it, recurring revenue is a great idea. Um, so I suppose all of those things combined with our naivety at the time and you know, non-techie ability, kind of we just launched into it and fairly quickly we found you know this kind of thing works. I, I, I'd say we had a good interactive, and I know you're involved yourself in Mike early days as well, uh, a good interactive community within about a year as well, and it was kind of starting to look after itself. But yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to figure out exactly how we got started, but the attraction certainly was recurring revenue, plus looking at models elsewhere of how it could be done. And, uh, you know, especially like over the last number of years, looking how you do yourself, your, your own membership site, which is a fantastic thing that we copy and we just 
experiment with all the time, all the things you do as well. Um, so, you know, that's what kept us going, I suppose, after that initial start. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's probably the answer. <laughs> cool. And what actually got you interested in Irish ancestry in the first place? I'm presuming it, it was a, a personal hobby, first of all, was it? Um, I, I'm into writing, basically. I'm a writer. And um, the there's a lot of stories around ancestry, you know. So, in other words, when people just get together, they talk start talking about characters. And the way that I think an awful lot of people abroad um, who eventually kind of, I should say, migrate to different countries, um, a lot of the actual stories are passed down through generations. They involve characters, they involve places. So, in other words, there's a lot of kind of ready-made stories that we were familiar with without fully being realized, well, fully realizing, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when we start to tell these stories, it starts to resonate with other people. And um, it's it's folklore, it's kind of folk history, that sort of thing. So it's not necessarily, I wouldn't consider myself a genealogist, although we now have two um, genealogists in the green room. Uh, but I like connecting the dots. But most important, I like kind of widening the lines between the dots so that they become more interesting stories, you know. And so, you know, again, it's hard to answer your question exactly, but I think I kind of had a lot of the component parts already. And being here in Ireland, I mean, our audience is abroad, basically, Gally, you know, so we're here, they're there. It's an obvious kind of, um, uh, I suppose, kind of advantage we have to actually go out and use that because we know where to go and get things. We know how to connect, we know how to take photographs. At this stage, we have about maybe kind of 26,000 photographs. We have about one and a half thousand videos. Um, you know, so we still, we have a lot of material and we're essentially, I would say, a media company uh, in that we take advantage of that in actually looking at people's ancestry. Oh, I like I love that. And it's it's always interesting hearing how people get to things, because as you mentioned before, when you hear the topic, it's not necessarily something you think would be this this kind of all encompassing business. So no. it's really interesting to see to see how you've built that. And so. Changing gears a little bit now then, what would you say has actually been your biggest challenge with the green room over the years? Um, I, I, I think, and in fact, speaking to most other people who have membership sites as well, um, it's kind of all encompassing. You, It's like having a shop that doesn't close and also a shop that needs to be, you're, you're painfully aware of how low on stock you are in some yeah. cases or how stuff just about, is about to be out of date and so on. So I guess kind of the biggest challenge has been um, making it more and more and more self-service for people. So it's just not relying on us. And even then, you know, I mean, I haven't had what you would call a holiday in about six years. However, I've built all the traveling and holidays into our work, if that makes yeah. sense. Um and so the biggest challenge certainly has been kind of downtime, turning off, um, and also organizing stuff in the actual membership site so that uh, there's a vast amount of, of things in there now. So people could actually access them, they could navigate their way around, they could help themselves, and they could interact together as well. Um, that's probably been the biggest challenge. And the other big challenge, I suppose, has been uh, hiring people, actually. And getting the right people for the job, uh, I suppose, kind of with the right attitude, especially. And that's been extremely challenging, I think, because we often came across somebody, let's say, and say, well, how can we kind of fit them into what we're doing? As opposed to going out and get the right level of expertise up front, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I would say kind of our own time switching off and especially cause we're both working it side by side now. And, um, also just, um, you know, organizing things. So, you know, people could help themselves and then of course, um, just hiring the right people. So there's around about one, two, there's one, two, three, four, pretty much five was now basically. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of getting to the right level anyway. Yeah. And so with that team then you have you hit on the kind of the the perfect way to hire those people or is that all kind of come about by trial and error now? Oh yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd love to say, yeah, <laughs> everything is perfect now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess kind of my, um, my prehistory used to be in hiring people and working with people and developing people and so on. Um, but having said that, um, I think our biggest skill we've developed is letting people go early. Um, You know, if something's just not working out, so, you know, you set it up so, A, people could kind of show you their skills before they fully commit, and uh, B, that, you know, if it just isn't working out, that you have that trial period that you're all happy with and you're kind of giving everything you can. But often it's it's very much kind of like, um, for example, the tone of somebody's voice or the way they deal with people, let's say if they're a moderator in the green room or if, if they're a genealogist, it becomes quickly apparent that they, they might be brilliant in person, but just online, they're just not kind of connecting and clicking. And, you know, that can be pretty tough, but it's tougher just hanging on to that for too long, you know. So I think the biggest skill we've developed really is kind of um, fixing things early whenever possible. Um, with the guys, we ended up with some brilliant people then because of that. And um, in fact, I would personally say that two or three of the people we've had, you wouldn't necessarily say if you met them in person that they would be so good online and so good and so personable and so expert and so competent, you know. But um, so, you know, just just uncovering those diamonds has been a learning process as well. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's a great tip as well there, the kind of the fix things fast if they're not working rather than I think it's very tempting, especially when it's with kind of people that you're hiring to kind of be like, well, I'll give them another chance and another chance and, you know, maybe train them in this. And then, yeah, sometimes it's best to just rip the bandaid off when you know it's not the right fit. (laughs) Fully agree there. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's been the challenges then, what's been your favorite thing about having the membership? What kind of impact has it had on, on life for you? Um, you know, that's a very interesting question because I think the kind of the impact in a positive way has been many, has been many, I think first and foremost, we didn't, it took a while for us to realize this is that we're doing something very meaningful for a lot of people. Um, surprisingly meaningful and they let you know, and you know, I'll just give you one example. I mean, in early days, and this is probably the one that kind of, uh, I put this in the, the introductions our first book as well. Um, the, the letter every Sunday morning, which went out from about five or six years now, uh, this lady got in contact with us and she explained how herself and her father, who was in his final three months of his life, you know, he was a terminal illness, they used to get together on a Sunday morning and she used to read the letter to him. And she was just commenting how they never really kind of had much time to share while, you know, they were living together and so on. And even when she was reading the letter, they didn't necessarily kind of comment on too much, but it kind of gave them something that she felt was very important for them to bond together. And, you know, he was perhaps always telling the stories of, you know, the old country and all this sort of stuff. 
but he died and, you know, she got in contact with me and said, look, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. So, you know, it's, 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 it has that level of meaning for more people than I ever realized. And I don't mean it in a kind of, um, yeah, as soon as we remove it, um, their lives to be empty kind of way. But what I do mean is just touches on something which I think is surprising to a lot of us, you know, where people's identity comes to the fore as opposed to just their skills and so on. But this is who I am and this is what makes me who I am. So we come across that an awful lot when we go out and do lecture tours, when we visit people, uh, when we have our conferences. So th- this idea of meaning has been surprisingly huge for us. Um, I think the, secondly, on top of that then, of course, is the flexibility and the freedom it's offered us. Uh, we, you know, our, both of our kids, ironically now, have emigrated um, at this stage. And um, so in some ways, we're free to travel at this point as well. And we're taking advantage of that. So we're kind of building that into our plans. So having all of those things and the ability to be flexible, kind of knowing the money's going to come in to support your ideas and what you want to achieve, that's, that's been a real kind of good feeling, I must say. Because, I mean, I've been self-employed for about 25 years now. And a lot of that has been the sort of work where you kind of reset your time every morning. And you go out and you kind of, you know, hunt the buffalo, so to speak, and bring back the carcass. So, you know, th- this, um, this recurring revenue and the ability to build a community and uh, to be doing so in an area that's so meaningful to a lot of people has been kind of probably the kind of the best combination for us. And just to kind of say, if it wasn't meaningful for us, I, you know, you do get people insinuating that membership sites are, you know, 50 minutes still sorted out. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not anywhere in my universe, anywhere, most people I know. So if we weren't doing something that was interesting to us and meaningful to other people, I don't think I'd be able to, I wouldn't have lasted this long, quite frankly. Yeah, I think I think that impact that you're having on your members, as you say, that, that meaning you're bringing to them, just, it makes it all worthwhile. And yes, there's perks for you in terms of the freedom, the travel and the, the regular income coming in. But as you say, the fact that you enjoy it, the fact that you're seeing members have that meaning, that connection with each other as well. Yeah. And yeah, that makes it all worthwhile, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So it really does come together. I suppose we're very fortunate that way. Um, but I, I, again, you know, if this was something, and here's the thing, if this was something that I said, look, we're, we're going to, I don't really care that much for the subject. Um, the audience is somebody I, I can't identify with. Um, it's very lucrative. Um, and you know what? We're going to kind of keep at it for three years and we're going to sell it. I couldn't do that. I just can't do that, you know? So, you know, in some ways, I think we kind of backed into the area, but then we kind of shaped it in a way that suited us as well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get practical for a minute then. What are you finding is actually working well for you when it comes to attracting new members to the site? Yeah, um, word of mouth from existing members, no doubt about that. And uh, we convert people quite a lot. I mean, we we get roughly, you know, the letter from Ireland list. You know, I said I send out a free letter every yeah. Sunday morning. That gets somewhere between, oh, um, anywhere between 25 and 50 new people every day. So that tends to kind of you know, have a cycle of its own. And, um, but most, and quite frankly, though, I, I kind of, let's face it, our membership tends towards the over 21s plus, you know, as in we're talking about kind of age 45 and up. And they tend to be quite careful with their money. Yeah. Um, they tend to be quite canny and so on. So 
quite frankly, we do have to make offers and we do have to include bonuses. I would say kind of three, three to five times a year. And that really shakes people out the trees, you know, and we sell into the list then at that point. So the real game changer for us recently has been bonuses and making it something that people really want. Yeah. Awesome. So what kind of bonuses are you finding that you're adding to the site then? Well, for example, um, because we do a letter every week anyway, we offer one level, we'll, we'll feature you in a letter. That's the weekly one. Uh, the other one then is we do a surname report. So, you know, give us one of your ancestors and give us a name and we'll do, we'll give you a private report on that, which we can share also both in our kind of uh, free site, but also inside in the green room as well. So that tends to kind of generate content. So some of it is fairly boilerplate that we alter and so on. Uh, some of it is kind of, we'd be answering questions anyway, and we're kind of putting them into the report as well. So it's take, we've taken on a pretty big load by doing that, but it does really kind of shake, shake people into kind of joining up. You know, it's just something they want. So I, I really, really do believe bonuses are the way uh, forward. We have to just be more how to say, think a few more bonuses that don't affect us so much and people still want. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's great because the the thing you have there is those bonuses, they tap directly into the the person themselves and their personal interest, which with a lot of businesses, you don't necessarily have that. Whereas you have that perfect, you know, tell us your surname, we'll research you and things like that, which really hits yeah. that personal level. And then you get them into the membership, presumably, and they see what else is there and the community and things like that. And, and that makes them want to kind of stick around for longer. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I must say we're, we're woefully kind of, um, how to say, uh, behind on automating, on kind of getting, you know, getting our sales page. So it just really, really kind of hits people's, you know, kind of a sense of, I want this and I want this now. Um, you know, and I, I guess kind of, you know, there's an awful lot of tuning up to be done around the place, which I'm very conscious of every day. Um, but, you know, I, I think we're kind of getting there. And every time we kind of do a campaign and every time we do something that pushes things out, you know, we were like January of this year, um, we had our best month ever. And then in March, we had our best month ever since January. So, you know, a lot of that was actually down to the bonuses and kind of experimenting and taking our time. Plus the fact we were actually over in the US at the time on Ellis Island when we we're actually running the campaign, <laughs> which is just crazy. So, um, so you know, the, we are doing some things right, but we would like to get a get more continual drip, if you like, into the green room rather than just kind of dealing with kind of 100 people coming to the door once. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of that more consistent day-to-day -day sales that you're looking to improve now. Yes, please. <laughs> Over to you, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and so if that's how you're getting new members, then let's talk about how you're actually retaining the existing members. So we've mentioned how important community is to the uh, green room already. And I know you do certain things that I, I remember talking about with you before. So you have things like particular member lames for different levels in the community and things like that. So you really create a kind of, from, from what I've seen, a really all-encompassing kind of community experience. Yeah, I, I suppose there's a couple of things really. Um, because we target people who are already members of Ancestry.com, their membership model tends to kind of be very, very sticky because people kind of park all their details in there. They don't want to kind of blow up their trees by leaving that sort of way. 
So they're kind of used to kind of staying there in multiple years, if that makes sense. You know, because in reality, people are used to working on their family trees and their heritage for many, many decades, in fact. So I suppose kind of the model kind of lends, in our case, to people kind of hanging around, if we can give them good reason to hang around, rather than say, go when the job is done, you know. So from that point of view, what we try to do is our, our churn is roughly about kind of uh, somewhere between four, three and a half to five percent actually per month. Really good. So we're kind of happy with the, happy enough with that actually, but what we kind of noticed then is that, and honestly, we try to kind of run with the things that are really running and the members that are really running, and really kind of crank them up. And when people are kind of falling by the wayside, well, we don't get too upset by that. Quite frankly, we kind of say, well, you know what? You can encourage people some of the way, and kind of they have to meet you halfway as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so we do weekly updates. We do lots of challenges. We do lots of kind of, you know, have you seen this and go look at that and so on. And then, as you said, inside, we actually have different membership levels that people actually go up as they actually answer people more and so on. And they eventually actually get into this level they didn't know exist, which kind of gets them into kind of an inner circle, which gets them all really excited and interested and so on. And, you know, th- this is the thing. Um, so, you know, we have it set up so it's kind of le- levels of a bardic school. So think of an apprenticeship. If you went in, you did the apprentice to be a poet or a mechanic or whatever, there's actually kind of seven or eight different levels. So people actually advance up through that, you know. Some people actually know they're doing it. Other people actually are not even aware of anything. You know, that's just the way they, they work. So, um, yeah, I mean, at the same time, I would say, though, there's probably at least 50% of our members, they just don't post at all. You know, because that's that's just the way they are. It's just don't engage. But we have made it so that when you actually um, put your introduction in, we use a tagging system. So we also tag your surnames. So as soon as you actually introduce yourself and mention what surnames are in your family tree, you suddenly can hit on a tag and see all the posts, all the other people who also share those surnames. So, you know, there's an encouragement there if you like to actually start kind of... Um, introduce yourself and then as you go around uh on the column inside the community you can actually see somebody's ancestry tree by clicking on it and you can also see the surnames in their family so you know it's it's like they're carrying their kind of if we're scottish they're carrying their tartan around with them you know they're carrying their kind of who i am and their name badge and so on so that tends to work quite well actually um so there's a few different things that we're kind of tweaking as we go along but I, i suppose ultimately because it's kind of like under 5% um, with gas churn, we're not, we're not kind of too worried about it. We're kind of just just organically kind of working on things. Yeah, I think that's great. And I love things like that, how you're using the tags there and things to to create that connection and that kind of longevity to content as well, I guess, as well in the community. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it's a navigation system then through the content too, yeah. Um, you know, so people can see very, very quickly that... Um, if you click on either a place, as is a county or a surname, you could just kind of pull up all this relevant material and um, just kind of spend time going through it. And there's usually a lot of all, you know, pretty much all surnames covered at this stage. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know you've done some things as well, like you have a, a member magazine and you run member conferences and things as well and meetups and things. How are you finding all of that's helped with that kind of community element and the, the retention in the membership? Well, we're finding it exhausting, first of all. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Karina, my wife, she runs the podcast. And uh, that's been very interesting because we actually do a lot of traveling around and interviewing people and so on. So there's, there's quite a bit in that. And just last December, we started a bi-monthly magazine. 
that's been an eye opener, I must say, because again, we're very visual in what we do. We have a lot of um, photographs. We have a big community. People want to see who's in the community. Um, we have a lot of features that can actually go into kind of magazine kind of format that aren't that already made. So we tend to use it as an actual way of uh, focusing on what we have already rather than actually coming up with new features, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'd love to actually have a print magazine in time, I must say. Uh, but that's where we are at the moment. So it's, it's, it's built in Canva, it's downloaded as PDF, and it's roughly about 30 pages long. People love it, you know, and so it's available free as well. So we encourage people to spread it to other people. And uh, But if you click on the various links at the bottom, it brings you into the green room, if you're a member, or indeed it brings you to the sales page, lo and behold, if you're not a member. So that's worked very well. We're, we're quite happy with that. And um, yeah, and as you say, apart from that, let's see now, there was uh, the podcast, there's the magazine. You said something else as well. Uh, your member conferences. That's right, yeah. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've our, our second one coming up next month, actually. So what we do is we bring about 38 people from all around the world to a place in Ireland. And um, we actually then have everybody else looking at that. You know, so I, I don't know about you, but... Apart from the retain conference, which is coming up, I know that's great. But I have a problem sitting on seats for extended periods of time. Yeah. So we, we we call it a moving story basically because it typically starts off somewhere and ends up somewhere else or three days later. So the last one, for example, we started off in the middle of a stone circle in the middle of rural Ireland with a Jude facilitating a ceremony. Uh, we went through all the actual few hundred years from prehistoric times to the mid-1800s. Then we went to a place called Queenstown Cove and we emigrated on a boat. So that was over about four or five days. So, you know, it, it's kind of something that the first time we ran, we wanted to do it differently. But the the thing we didn't anticipate was how good it was meeting people in person. Yeah. And for other people to meet other people in person. And the bonding and the electricity that came out of that and into the forum was actually quite phenomenal. It really was. So I suppose as a result of that, we decided to travel around the various countries and actually hold the conference every year or two as well. Yeah, so our next one is next month. Awesome. And I love how, yeah, conference doesn't really do that justice from the sound of it. It's like a whole experience, really. Yeah. We, we call it a hoolie, basically, yeah. yeah. You like probably that. know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. So, I mean, you, you, we literally, uh, for example, the last one had, um, we have a local uh, poet. So he put together, in fact, an entire 48 verses involving everybody who's actually coming to it, you know, for example. Um, we have stuff like music accompanies all the way. You know, it's just it's just kind of stuff that you can take advantage of because we're here in Ireland, you know. Yeah. But uh, if we're in a hotel, you couldn't. If you were abroad, you couldn't. But all the stuff is on hand, you know. So it's 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 great to actually have the opportunity to kind of showcase it. Yeah, I think the thing I'm loving from everything you're saying really is that whilst this is essentially an online membership, the the amount of connection you're able to create with your members and between your members is is such a huge thing and such as you know, a meaningful thing, especially these days when, you know, so much is digital and so much, there's so much loneliness essentially as well. Like it just feels like you're creating this, this amazing community of, of people who all have this, this shared ancestry in common, even if it's not direct ancestry in common. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It has become that. In fact, um, the, the, um, I suppose the other halves of many of our members um, tend to refer to as being a bit of a cult at the stage. <laughs> You know, and, and you know that that kind of says things as well. I think uh, in terms of identity, meaning, and so on. But um, you know, it's 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 it is a fantastic thing, 
And at the same time, we're continually scratching our heads, trying to kind of bring that down to kind of a practical level. But um, certainly I would encourage anybody, if you have an opportunity at all, go have a conference. Give people an excuse to come and meet other members. It's not all about yourself. But, you know, what you can facilitate is actually magical, you know, because people really will bring it back in spades, back into your form again afterwards. You know, that connection, that sense of excitement. And suddenly realize, actually, it's just we're all three-dimensional beings. We're not just this kind of two-dimensional online avatars, if that makes sense. Yeah. Such a difference. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so... Just to touch on briefly, you've already talked a little bit about you have your team now, and I think you mentioned it was five team members now. What does that actually look like? How how do you kind of break down the different tasks in the membership? Yeah, um, well, if I start off with, um, we now have, we have had a genealogist based in Ireland for quite some time, and she's absolutely brilliant. She's based in Belfast. And um, so she's basically literally over a section of the forum called Ask the Genealogist. So what we tend to do is refer people on to her once we kind of prime them into asking specific questions. And that's a selling point. The second thing we found just recently was that a lot of people aren't kind of ready to ask specific questions because, I mean, Ireland's kind of a complete, it's a disaster in terms of pronunciations, place names, etc. because it's all Irish. I mean, you know, it sounds like we're all speaking English, but it's actually Irish using the English language, you know what I'm saying? So there's a huge amount of interpretation needed. So we decided we need to go back to the source, and we've just recently taken on a genealogist in the US. So they're specialists in kind of bringing people over here, so to speak, and kind of making connections. So that's our second person. Um, We had a moderator for a long time, for the last three years, and she just left there quite recently. Where she her her job was to keep things moving, if you like, inside the forum, yeah. and she was an American living in Ireland, which is a good mix as well. Um, so just recently, Karina's taken over that. So then there's myself, and we had somebody as well in Holland, who was actually looking after a lot of our social media at one stage as well for about a year. So we we have kind of a permanent core, if you like, and we kind of tend to kind of kind of move in and out of that. Then with some people doing different things. Um, yeah, that's it. Well, and is that something you're, are you still looking to expand on that? Are you quite happy with how, kind of how much time the membership's taking you now and the tasks that you're doing and things? No, I, I, I don't think we're where we need to be yet. I think we have room to expand to about double our size at the moment, double the turnover, double whatever you want to call it. Um, and at that stage, then I want to kind of move sideways into a few other bits. So I, I need to start to replace myself an awful lot more, you know. Um, I think the other thing, the decision we made strategically was that we start doing an awful lot more lecture tours around the world. So up to now, it's been like kind of book a flight, go somewhere, meet our members, have a meet up in a local pub. But now it's kind of more like, hang on a second now, let's arrange to be part of a conference or a special lecture in Boston, for example, where people have to buy a ticket and there's 100 people because, you know, there's an awful lot more value put into that and extra people tend to come along and you start to spread the word and it's in person, we got books, etc. So... Um, to free myself up to do that, we need to kind of backfill, I suppose, an awful lot more, you know, but that's a kind of a hard one because I, I think we've made the mistake, like many mistakes, of building the membership site depending upon our very peculiar skills, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As in the kind of the image of ourselves. So, um, you know, kind of backing away out of that is a bit of a challenge, I must say. 
yeah it kind of almost feels like there's certain things that it's hard for you to to give up completely or to transition to somebody else because of you know no doubt your personality and things like that have played a huge part in the the green room success as well 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 you know kelly it, it is that but kind of honestly and, and i mean this very humbly it's like um what it really is when you look at it is you we've just kind of crafted everything just to suit ourselves yeah and it's no wonder another person has a problem kind of you know <laughs> or we're having trouble let's say um <clears throat> excuse me trusting another person to kind of do it just like that so you know it's 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 you know we're big into sops and the standard operating procedures and kind of figuring out how the whole machine works so we can hand some stuff off you know and uh we just need to get better at that yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> uh, so if someone's thinking about starting a membership or in the early days of their membership, then do you have any advice for how they can kind of achieve success and the longevity that you've had with your membership? I, I heard something just recently, which I thought was really, really good. And it was, you need to be able to survive long enough to make all your early mistakes. You know, and I, I, I think um, survival is very underrated, actually. And it's the flip side of persistence and realizing this stuff takes longer than you think. Um, you're going to need the help of more people than you think. It's going to take a way, way more time on a daily basis than you ever, ever, ever could imagine. So therefore, make sure you're kind of choosing something that you have an affinity with um, and perhaps a change you want to see in the world. And um, other than that, I mean, I had the good luck of kind of almost everything technically I did in the early days, it was like a second surgery. So in other words, something failed miserably, but then somebody else came along to actually fix it for me. You know, I built up a huge amount of technical debt all over the place. <laughs> and, um, you know, the good fortune to meet yourself and Mike fairly early on as well, and that was great help. Uh, put me right and ever since kind of nosing kind of, you know, oh, that's a good idea. They're doing that. Maybe I should do that as well. So that's the other point I'd make is joining a community like yours. In fact, it's never too early to do so because you will actually see the nuts and the bolts and you will at the same time kind of figure out, well, yeah, okay, there's other people successful and these are the bits they're using to make themselves successful. And that leads me to my last part is just start and sell, sell as early as you can. Um, I, I learned that early on in my career, I suppose. It's just always going to sell. And, you know, at the early days, we were part of kind of a startup accelerator as well. And the most, most noticeable thing in that accelerator with the other 15 nascent companies was nobody was selling except us. <laughs> and it was interesting because everybody was paying attention to the big stories about how the millions are going to be made eventually by the companies who weren't selling. And we were kind of the poor mice, if you like, because we were selling, but because, and because the income was actually, what's, what's the word, so small at the time, it was kind of being kind of looked down on a little bit. But really what was happening was we were truly experimenting because we were selling and truly learning because we were selling. So it's not about bringing the money in, it's about actually learning because you're selling um, as opposed to anything else. So I would say, you know, sell early, not to get the money in, well, that's good, but to actually learn what works and what doesn't. And as soon as you make an offer to people, see how they respond. If they don't respond, well, you know, you need to change it. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it all sounds a bit obvious, but ultimately, uh, I think it's been great fun. It's been quite playful. Um, but ultimately, you know, we spend a lot of time still on this, but mostly because we love what the community gets out of it. Um, we love what we're getting out of it ourselves. And um, I think it's kind of 
you know, it's, it's, it's something that we actually find meaningful ourselves and interesting too, you know. And if any of those things were missing, I'm not sure I'd be putting the same time into it. Yeah. yeah, I think that's great advice there. And so finally, what's next for you in the green room? Where would you like to, the membership to be in the next 12 months time? Uh, that's, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess, you know, I, I would say, okay, here's, here's my direct answer to that, is that apart from actually building the company up for sale, and honestly, I think it's actually a real kind of thing everybody needs to consider because, you know, if you aim, you, you, people will reach a point, I think certainly 10, seven to 10 years into a business where they'll be feel very differently about the business than they might have had in the first five years, you know. So what I'm kind of driving at here is that if you're not kind of going towards kind of packaging something for sale, so it's kind of like, you know, saleable as yeah. opposed to something you're eventually going to sell. Um, I think you should just kind of get rid of this idea of kind of having kind of an eventual kind of goal and an eventual whatever. I just, I, I, I just want to kind of jump in and enjoy it and grow it organically. Uh, we, we've been approached by investors a number of times. and We've said no in either case because the test has been, well, they're offering us a certain amount of money for this just to invest and be involved and I can see what's in it for them. But supposing we go to our folks and we see if we can raise the same amount of money and we did, you know, the, member, the existing members. So, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. And you, you have this, we have this fantastic playground, um, which we can kind of play with. But ultimately, I think over the next two years, we're going to have to make a few decisions uh, and kind of, I suppose, kind of, kind of make, make kind of the green room kind of a portion of what we do as opposed to everything we do. And we're not quite sure how we get there. But I'd like to think it's probably going to be about a third thereabouts of what we do because you know we, we've hit upon this kind of baby boomer thing if you like where they're the folks we're going after they're the folks they, they know what we're up to know how we're up to and there's a lot of people out there trying to reach that same audience and we've decided not to do any advertising not to engage with them but to do everything to suit our actual membership and our direct audience so we still have to figure out how to make that work as we go forward so I think we're kind of an early startup. I think I'd like to kind of double the business in size. Um, that'll happen over the next 18 months or so. And um, as I said, I'd like to see the green room become probably kind of one leg and a three-legged stool after that. Awesome. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing, you know, how this does all look in another 12 months, 24 months for you. Because, yeah, it's it's been awesome watching your journey so far, I have to say, and kind of seeing how this has kind of grown for you. Well, Callie, just to say, you will be there to see it, in fact, <laughs> uh, unless you know something I don't, um, because yourself and Mike have been very instrumental, you know, in ways you wouldn't imagine, uh, inspiration as well as practicality and kind of understanding, um, you know, what the right thing to do is when, because you're know, just fe feeling good about a decision because somebody else did something similar means an awful lot. and It allows you to move much faster. And with what the model yourself and uh, Mike make generously available to all us inside the Memberside Academy. I find that's just been just phenomenal value. So, you know, you got me as a long-term member there anyway. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. So you're going to see us going on. Thank you. I feel quite quite emotional now. Um, thank you. That, that means a lot. And yeah, and so to wrap up then, if someone wants to find out about more about you the membership is the best place to do that your irishheritage.com or is there anywhere else well your will take you to the sales page that's essentially where the membership is so by all means go there and 
<laughs> only have a look. Uh, a letter from Ireland.com then is where you'll find all the free stuff and sign up for the newsletter and so on. So if you just want to see how it all works, feel free to go in there and sign up for the newsletters at letterfromireland.com. And indeed, if you like what's going on and just fire a few questions one way, we'd be happy to answer them. Great. I'll make sure to put both of those links in the show notes for the episode as well. And so that's it. Thank you so much for joining me on the show, Mike, and sharing your membership journey. It's been awesome to hear all about it and the community you're creating. And yeah, as I said, I'm really looking forward to to seeing where the future takes you. You're welcome, Kelly. It's been a pleasure. That's all for this episode, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and received some great takeaways to use in your own membership site. In fact, let me know what your takeaways are over in our free Facebook group at talkmemberships.com or tweet me at membershipguys. Thank you once again to Mike as well for joining me and sharing so many wonderful insights. I think you'll agree with me that it really shines through how much Mike loves his membership community and enjoys what he's doing. And as he said, that's such an important thing with this kind of business if you want to achieve long-term success, which Mike is certainly doing. To see more from Mike, head over to a letterfromireland.com or youririshheritage.com. And you can also find all of Mike's links as well as the show notes and transcripts for this episode over at themembershipguys.com slash btm23. I'm off for a cup of coffee now, but I'll be back next week with another episode and another wonderful membership site owner. So I hope you'll join me then. Take care, guys. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Behind the Membership, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Membersite Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Membersite Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools and a supportive active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Membersite Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.